You are listening to the Moody Girl Podcast with me, Emily Fazer. Throughout this series, we're going to be opening the minds of experts and delving into the world of alternative healing methods. Before we start the episode today, I wanted to ask all of you listeners a question. Did you know that a lot of people are living with lower than recommended magnesium levels? I didn't know this either and had never explored incorporating magnesium into my daily life until I started having skin issues. I now use Better You Magnesium Oil Body Spray when I get out of the shower in the morning and spray onto my feet before I go to bed. I found that when I had psoriasis and hormonal breakouts on my face or body, I would spray it on and at first it really stung. But this was a sign from my body that my cellular magnesium levels were low. The more I got the magnesium into my system daily, the less it stung. It made sense. If you're feeling like you could benefit from having magnesium in your life, I would strongly recommend looking into using Better You Magnesium Oil Body Spray. Link to purchase is in the bio. Now, let's get to the episode. I've personally had so many different health struggles in my life. Doctor-prescribed medicines have often left me feeling worse and as though they are masking the problem rather than actually addressing the root cause. And this has led me to think outside of the box and find holistic ways to feel better in myself. I'm not professing to be some kind of health guru and I'm definitely not a doctor. Just someone who's trying to explore new ways to feel better and make the most out of life. Today I'm chatting with Jade Mordente, a trauma-informed wellness guide who focuses on Reiki, tarot and meditation. I've always been interested in tarot readings and have my own cards that I sometimes get out if I'm feeling slightly lost in my life and needing some direction. If you haven't heard of tarot cards before, it's essentially a pack of 78 playing cards, each with their own imagery, symbolism and story. These can be used in a number of ways, but mainly as a spiritual guide to give wisdom to whoever's looking for it. We'll also be talking about Reiki. Reiki is a Japanese form of energy healing, and it's based on the principle that the therapist can channel energy into the patient by means of touch to activate the natural healing processes of the patient's body. We've got such interesting topics on today's show, and I can't wait for you to hear our conversation. Enjoy! Okay, so hi, Jade. Thank you so much for being on the Moody Girl podcast today. How are you? Hello, thank you so much for having me. I'm really good. Thank you. I'm really good. Happy to be here. Good. Um, So, I mean, the reason I got you on the show is because for me, spirituality, um, tarot cards, Reiki were very much introduced to to me from my mum. And It's kind of been, especially with tarot, I mean, I've got a deck upstairs that I dabble in. I'm like by no means like an expert or anything. Um, But if I am ever at a point in my life where I feel like really lost or I need some some sort of direction, um, I do find solace in tarot. Um, And yeah, so can you start by telling us how, how did you get into doing tarot card reading? Yeah, definitely. So I've always been really um, into spiritual practices, which was kind of something that I didn't seek. It kind of found me. So from a very young age, I would say maybe about seven years old was my first kind of memory of it. I've always been aware of energy, being able to see spirits in my bedroom, like have conversations with spirit. And it was something that really 
petrified me and it really made me feel different like an outcast and like other kind of and I was spent a lot of my childhood crying scared like my parents didn't really know what to do because my parents wasn't like I came from a family where that was like you know they had never heard of this before they were sort of like oh god like they were everyone was a bit confused by why this was happening Mm. so I it was kind of just like became a known thing in my family that like I struggled to sleep at night I was often crying really scared like it was really overwhelming I think from being such a young age and being so open to spirit it felt like almost like the floodgates had opened and it was just constant information and sights and everywhere I would go there would be like it was just really overwhelming so that was all kind of happening from a very young age so I was always very aware that like energy existed even if I didn't want to imagine it it was it was there and um coincidentally I went through a period of trauma in my early teens and my parents put me to what they thought was a hypnotherapist which it was but the hypnotherapist was actually a spiritualist she was actually a witch and she was medium and she was doing all this like really progressive stuff so I'm 28 now away to turn 29 um, and this was maybe a decade go maybe long oh god longer than a decade now so at that time she was doing crystals and meditations and reiki and stuff which you know from where I'm from and stuff it did feel very different to what I was used to like I'd never been around people who would be talking about spells or talking about you know crystals and tarot cards and stuff but you know over the course of kind of two years she really helped me develop my spiritual abilities and also use these practices to help me understand trauma to heal trauma so she kind of was a bridge between a therapist um a guide I don't know a teacher it was really nice energy anyway and I did a lot of healing with her so from there it kind of it just developed in the way of I went to uni I I didn't really want to do spiritual practices you know I knew they as I said I knew they were very much part of my life but they were just a side they were kind of like a hobby or something so I went away to fashion school I got a job in fashion was living in London was very much into the tarot and stuff on the side but just didn't ever think it was ever going to be anything more than that and I found that whenever I would be suffering from like mental health issues much like you just said I would go to my tarot cards you know we both lived in London we've we've kind of discussed that and discussed that and I think that in London like I found the waiting lists to get seen by the NHS therapist were so extensive it was like six months to a year um at that time I wasn't in a position to afford private therapy so there was just so many like roadblocks in trying to get the help and I would find that connecting to spirit or doing a meditation doing tarot cards was like maybe not a cure but it was definitely a support that I needed so that's kind of where the love for it began I I have had a love-hate relationship with tarot until very recently actually until the pandemic so I loved my I loved the idea of tarot went from about 18 but I was really petrified because I knew how much I guess power the tarot held and I also knew that unlike you know some of the other decks I've got which are like angel cards and goddess Mm -hmm. cards you'll know yourself the tarot have got some real heavy hitters in there Mm -hmm. and I think when you have mental health issues especially at some points in my life when I was at a low point to pull a card and it's like telling me this isn't good you need to get help it it was almost like so reaffirming that I was like nope I'm putting them in a box they're going to the back of the cupboard I don't want to listen to this yeah so 
it wasn't really until the pandemic and I'd done a big chunk of healing that I actually felt like, okay, I can move from my oracle and pick up my tarot again and actually use this practice properly. Mm. And I felt like I had a lot more love for them and it wasn't a fear anymore. It wasn't like I was pulling cards for people and worried about what was going to come out. I was actually like, I can, I can give a message. I can manage this in some, to some degree. So, yeah. Wow. That's that. I, I really kind of understand that. Cause I mean, for me, I feel like sometimes, even now, um, I've got them up there and I, I don't feel especially connected to my tarot cards. I go through stages. Um, but if I'm going through a period in my life where, as we kind of discussed, we're usually going to be in a bit of turmoil when I pull them out. Um, but that's the time when I'm this, the most scared because it will kind of confront me in a way that's just like, well, you're obviously ignoring something and you need to kind of make a change in your life. Um, so it's really interesting that you kind of felt like that as well. Um, I mean, when you say you did, because I think as well, what's kind of coming out of the pandemic and the more conversations that I'm having is people just had the ability for the first time in our lives to just stop, stop everything we were doing, take away everything, you know, that was distracting us mentally. So work, um, you know, you, it was also confronting in a lot of relationships. I know so many people, whether it was either make or break during the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, and it stripped back all those things where you were like, oh, we can we can distract our relationship with going for dinner. We can go to the cinema. We can go out with friends. We can go on holiday. It was like, actually, no. Like, how are you going to deal with this situation when it's just me and you in the house or it's just you in the house? Like, what are your thoughts saying right now? So as, like, challenging as that was... Um, I found it really, really healing. And it's like basically kickstarted this whole healing journey for me. Um, so for you, when you say you kind of did a big chunk of healing during the pandemic, what what did that kind of look like for you? Was it like deep therapy? Was it, um, you know, did you look into, I don't know, how, how did that work for you? So the pandemic, just like you said, it was a, a moment where I could kind of stop because I guess what happened was I'd moved to London and had started working in fashion and managed to get a job at on paper what was supposed to be the dream job and it was at a publication which I still have like so much love for and really admire and was so yeah just so excited to be working and being a part of that Um, and I guess that I didn't realize that I probably was in a role that wasn't actually suited to me because I was suppressing so much you know I think that naturally I was I, I carried a lot of I'm not afraid to admit it really but I carried a lot of like embarrassment and shame about being able to be clairvoyant I had this idea in my head that if I said to somebody I can see spirit they formed this narrative of the sort of like classic fortune teller aesthetic or if you said to somebody I used to call myself a witch but some people would take that and really be almost afraid of it mm. so I felt there was like a really big part of my personality that I was saying like like that's not cool like no one wants to know about that like let's kind of hide this so I was doing this job that on paper you know would have made my parents proud would have looked really good on paper would have ticked the box of being like oh yeah she's doing okay she's doing well for herself whatever um but I was miserable and I was crying and I was stressed and I was just at breaking point and just before the pandemic in the January I'd hit a real low um at work um and I'd basically you know, had to call the crisis helpline because I was like this, I'm not okay. Like I'm really, mm-hmm. really not okay. And it all kind of hit a bit of a peak. And at that point, 
because it's hard to even imagine now pre-pandemic because I feel like life has changed so much but yeah, at that point I remember I don't know how I, I, don't, I don't know how it felt like this but I, I think everyone felt this way but I felt like I was on this hamster wheel and I couldn't get off and I mm. felt like this is the job I've picked and I was only what 25 but I was like this is the job I've picked I've got to stick to it I'm going to let everyone down if I don't do this like mm-hmm. I went to uni for this it has to work and I yeah. was putting this insane pressure on myself and it felt like life was just kind of moving at 100 miles an hour so when the pandemic actually happened I was able and I got put on furlough I was able to be like wait a minute what do I actually want to do who am I and like Mm. what do I want from my life and you know and loads of things started to shift like me and my um me and my partner started paying we started watching a lot of um nature shows and like people who had like left London and like uprooted their life and like built like a went and lived in the forest and we were getting like really inspired by these like we were like maybe we'll move to the forest maybe we'll do this and live off the land and like we were just getting like (laughs) it was just like so nice to have the container to be like what do I actually want to do totally so yeah, but the healing had started taking place because I had, I'd got my Reiki training and I was doing Reiki. So in the pandemic, I had said, I had this big chunk of time. So I'd started saying, I'm going to do online classes. I'm going to start doing online sessions. And honestly, I, 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 it became quite popular. So I was doing a lot of them every day. And I think because in my Reiki online on Zoom, I do a lot of affirmations. I mm. think that I was also absorbing the information. So while yes. I was saying to these girls, like, you know, love yourself and how to feel empowered. I think that I was giving myself the same love. Like my mind obviously was absorbing the information too. That's so and cool. it was really the first time, yeah, it was really the first time that I was like, I actually understood what self-love was. I, it was mm-hmm. really a time that I was like, no, I do love myself. And I think that was the confidence boost to actually keep on going. And I think, yeah, that, although the pandemic was obviously huge and devastating and, you know, it was off an awful time I think for a lot of us aside from the grief and the, the fear that it also you know evoked I think that it did give us all the time to sort of yeah just take a deep breath and just be like wait a minute because I yeah I, I and since the pandemic I haven't really wanted to get back on the the hamster wheel I've been really active about taking works well I do work hard but I try to work slower I try not to let but also you're working for yourself now as well yeah. and that's a totally different kind of path you know when you're working for yeah. someone else and you don't I think I was like reading something the other day and it was like this this book about depression and antidepressants and loads of different scientific studies on it and there was one specific study where it was like they did a test on two groups of people who were like working and this mm-hmm. was quite a long time ago so I don't think there was too much self-employment involved but I mean the ones that ha- that were able to kind of go to a job where they had um control over what was in their day were like 50% way happier than the people that had no control they were just given jobs to do they had they had no kind of input or voice that was heard during that kind of day those are the ones that were more likely to kind of suffer with depression um and I think that's something that's so important like as you say like the pandemic was it's it's like a strange double-edged sword for so many people you know it made us slow down but it also brought with it so much grief and turmoil Mm -hmm. um but yeah so I mean working for yourself and working hard is it it, for me it feels different than working for, for working your ass off for someone who's you know you're replaceable essentially you know you're always going to be replaceable for that company oh I totally agree and I think that the 
now it's like when I have what I found from like over the last two years working for myself I have got just a lot more well first of all it's kind of crazy to think that I was working a lot longer more intense hours doing a lot more intense work for probably like half the amount of income Mm. but also just actually feeling now with my work like I can shape it and I love feeling like you know you're doing the same thing with this podcast for example it's nice to know that you're doing something that feels like it's got a bit of purpose and that you're mm-hmm. using your experiences to help people and hopefully like even if it's just showing people how to meditate hopefully that means that they don't ever have a crisis or if they do have a crisis they've got a tool to manage it and it just feels I'm not saying that I didn't I loved my you know as I said I love the publication I loved the industry I was in but I it did sometimes feel a little bit like to me anyway sometimes it did feel a bit soulless mm-hmm. and it felt a bit like vapid and it did it did kind of feel just a little bit all-encompassing and I think that now I can kind of shape my career I guess to work with people and help people in a way that like I feel I don't know it just it just feels it just feels very different I can't just Mm -hmm. really describe it to be honest and I think I think that's important though like I'm similar to you in the way that I was in London I'd always wanted to work in music and I I landed like a really amazing job at a record label I was like working in Soho such vibey cool kind of part of London people I worked with so nice but you know like you as well was having like mini meltdowns on a daily basis in the toilet and it's Mm -hmm. just like trying to keep that together and then sit back at your desk it's just like so hard and I think it was just my partner at the time he was like doing music and wasn't making much money we were struggling to kind of make ends meet to pay the rent and and all of a sudden it was just like a light bulb we were just like why are we doing this to ourselves like what is the purpose I know everyone says like you know to be in the big city and to like live your life for like you know and when and when I was having conversations with people yeah it felt cool saying I work for a record label but Mm -hmm. like actually inside I was like dying you know and it was nothing to do with the people I worked with and the awesome job that it was it was just the fact that my soul was yearning for something else my I needed a break quite frankly and I needed I'd grow I'd grown up in the countryside and I needed to kind of reconnect with nature again and I needed to kind of take that that time to reassess everything so I think it's like it's not like a one kind of thing fits all with it you can you can have ambitions and you can love the position that you had you know your old job and and same for me but you can also say that wasn't right for me uh, you know as an end goal and it's it's not kind of who I'm evolving to be or you know so I think it's I think it's important because it's I always kind of feel like that when I talk about it I never want to feel like I haven't appreciated the opportunities that I was given because they're really amazing opportunities and they've shaped who I am to this point, you know, and it will be like amazing stories to tell future children, friends, whatever. Um, But yeah, I think there's something, something different about like um, working with people for one and like you're doing something amazing where you're, you're helping people to feel better about themselves, which I think is just like you are making a difference in the world. Um, and also I, for me, I feel like life is, if you feel like you've got creativity inside, like actually being able to, to make a difference with your creativity, you know, in any sort of medium, whether it's a hobby, whether it's, you know, taking painting seriously, or, you know, whether it's recording a podcast, it's just your way of kind of relaying that to the world. So, yeah, I think there's so, there's so many different kind of levels to it, which I find so interesting. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think yeah, you're so you're so right. And I look, I kind of think sometimes, you know, I, I get, I do sometimes do work now, like I do the odd social media jobs and I do like um, content sometimes and I do like articles sometimes. So I feel like I get the best of both worlds because I still get to like, I've still got a lot of love for fashion and I love to mm. like, whenever there's a fashion week on, I'm always like paying attention to the shows, reading about it and stuff. And it's nice to kind of make that a passion again and have yeah. a love for it from a distance and then be able to kind of dip my toe in with like helping a brand or making a piece of content that kind of fills up my cup in that regard but yes. then also feeling still a bit like okay I'm not being consumed by like this this energy that wasn't right for me I guess in the long mm, run I love yeah. that I think that's yeah. so that's so cool and so important and like I think that was one of the questions I was going to ask you actually was like because when I first came across your account, it was like really relatable, really kind of cool. The way that you kind of like deconstruct um, different kind of parts of spirituality, it makes it so accessible. And you're not kind of, I guess, like from the 15 year old you who had like shame and embarrassment of being able to kind of access this um, for, for anyone else who's kind of like on that sort of spiritual vibe um I mean it's so easy to like look at your account and and digest it so I mean how how I feel like you've kind of paired spirituality and social media up really well but like on paper it's like how, how do you how do you navigate like being so spiritual and then like being so present on social media like do you ever struggle with that yeah, definitely. So I think there's kind of two things that happened. So when I was going through, like when I was um, kind of younger and stuff, I didn't really feel, especially when I was a teenager, there wasn't really, Instagram wasn't really a thing. And I certainly, mm-hmm. I used to feel like a lot of spiritual practices felt very like inaccessible. So when I first moved to London, I used to idolize a lot of like the kind of classic kind of spiritual yogi girls. But I always felt like, you know, they would always be like off to Bali to do retreats and it always felt very like elevated and luxe and everything that like everything just felt very for me at that point in my life, as you said, struggling to make ends meet. I was in a very similar situation. So it was almost like, oh, my God, I want to be I want to work in wellness. I want to kind of um, I, I kind of aspire to that, but it felt very far away and felt very far removed. I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about Cytoplan a unique science-based supplement company with many years of experience in nutritional science and whose emphasis is on quality of product. My medical herbalist swears by them as they don't use any unnecessary bulking agents. Before I found out about Cytoplan, I was taking up to eight supplements a day, all with bulking agents in them. It was such a relief to find out Cytoplan products are extremely pure. I now use them daily and I would recommend them to anyone looking for quality vitamins and supplements. They have a great range for many different health benefits. So if you'd like to find out more, please follow the link in the bio of this episode and check out Cytoplan. You won't regret it. And then on the other hand, I used to find that when I would go to like mental health meetup groups and stuff, it felt like there was kind of like these two different camps and they both felt not me and both felt very inaccessible Mm. and in different ways it almost felt like when I would go to like the mental health um the the mental health groups sometimes it would almost feel like I I don't know I just I just felt like there there was no middle ground 
there it always everything felt very in extremes and I felt yeah I, I don't know how to quite explain it but I felt like there needs to be other girls like me who are like into spiritual stuff into wellness but also like normal girls who go out drink and have a laugh with their mm. friends who like to go on nice holidays there has to be this kind of like absolutely it doesn't have to be like if you're a mental health advocate that like you know that's your whole identity and similarly if you're spiritual that's your whole identity I kind of like the idea that you can kind of tap into both and I think it's all about balance so when I started to create my Instagram I did kind of want to show like wellness for the modern woman which is like Mm -hmm. you might have tarot cards and then you might also go out partying you might go and (laughs) see a therapist but you might also you know like there's we there's duality we can exist in two different ways totally but in fairness, I do find I find social media very difficult. Um, I never used to at all. There was definitely a turning point for me. And I think that was because I used to post, and I need to get back to this really, but I used to kind of post just what I was inspired by, what I liked. It, it just felt very much like sharing information in a very kind of lighthearted way. Um, but then the more kind of followers it's not like I've got a huge following or anything but the the more followers that came or the more people that I felt like people were engaging with it I kind of stopped I guess I started feeling a little bit more about like it my narrative kind of shifts to being instead of being myself being like oh my god but what will they think of me and that Mm -hmm. kind of shame and embarrassment has trickled back in parts and I think Mm -hmm. that I I have to continuously check myself because I think social media can be used in a really healthy and beautiful way but I also think that it can become very um egotistical and like almost like compact you compare yourself you seek validation like there's all these other things that aren't, aren't kind of undercurrents to it so I think with my um being present on social media has kind of came in waves and I kind of just ride it like I don't I'm not one of those people who like have like a, a month-long plan and I'm like I need to post this on this day and this on this day I tried that and it wasn't for me yeah. so I'm much more like okay I'm going to post today if I feel like it. I'm much more kind of reactive with it mm-hmm. um, and try just to keep it quite friendly and quite personable because what I don't want to do is for I want people to come onto my page and think oh I she gets it like she's like almost like me and feel relatable in the sense that you know spirituality isn't their identity it might just be something they dip their toe in the water to do and I just wanted to feel more like a safe space for people rather than yeah that's kind of what it, I no say. it does honestly it does feel like that from someone who came across your account that's exactly what I thought mm-hmm. um and for me when I first started Moody Girl it was exactly with that kind of I wanted to do a similar thing with PMDD, which is in all the articles, quite heavy stuff and kind of not, you know, not make fun of it, but make a little bit of light from a really dark situation. Um, so I a hundred percent can, can feel that from your account. And I guess from what you say, like when you were first kind of discovering how to navigate your spirituality and then you, the, the yogis that you're looking up to are like in Bali and living this like amazingly like yogi life, which is so unattainable for, you know, 99% of the population. So it's like, it's all well and good with those sort of count accounts. But I mean, I myself struggle with Instagram. Like I, I definitely compare myself to others. I have to check myself. I probably click like the, your 15 minute limits is up like 10 times a day. So it's like, I've got an addictive personality. I have to check myself. Um, I think when you're putting yourself out there with something, you know, so um, 
with spirituality, it's quite like you're bearing all, you're bearing something that's so, you know, personal to you. And same with, you know, with my period stories when I initially started Moody Girl. So you are quite, you're, you're kind of laying yourself there for, and it's, it's a lot, you know, so you are kind of, sometimes I'd used to post stuff and I'd be like, as soon as I see anything that could be, in, you know, interpreted as negative, be like worrying about it all night and, you know, really taking that on. Um, so I think, yeah, but it's interesting to, to how you, how you say that you manage that. And I think it's, I think it's probably the best way moving forward is just kind of checking yourself um, and trying to be as authentic as possible, because as you say, that's what people want, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I absolutely love what you've created with Moody Girl. And similarly, when I came on your page and it just feels like somewhere where it's like, it doesn't have to feel all consuming. It can just be like mm. learning and educational and it feels familiar and it feels friendly and mm. really relatable. And I think that's something that's really beautiful about your page and I, what you're creating with this. And similarly, I think it's quite funny because I went through a phase um where I kind of felt like it's kind of weird to even admit, but I definitely went through this phase and I spoke to um, my partner about it where I had said to him like, yeah, but I, need, I don't look like, I got consumed by this identity of being like, I stopped kind of dressing how I would usually dress. And I started mm. feeling like I had to dress like one of these kind of like spiritual girls, whatever that is. And I got so consumed by this thing. And he was like, he eventually was like, why are you like changing to like fit this like weird Instagram, like incubator <laughs> what a spiritual girl looks like. And he's like, just wear what you always wear. Then I just was like, yeah, actually, I'm just going to go back to how I've always dressed and like what I'm into. And like, I think that because there's a big boom in spirituality and wellness at the moment, mm -hmm. and there is a definite like in certain forms anyway, there's some kind of aesthetic of being seen to be this like light and airy and happy and always positive kind of person. <laughs> and I think that I was like, I love wearing black. I love wearing like, <laughs> I don't, or I love wearing color. I love like, I just wanted to keep my own identity and not yeah. have to like, I think, yeah, I just, yeah, basically practice what I preach a little bit. I think it's easy to be consumed by um, what, what you see, I guess. Totally. I think even yes. just, I mean, you can preach it to other people as much as you want. I mean, I give advice, endless advice to my friends, family. And then when I, it's me in a, in a room, I'm, I'm not taking that advice. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> even just having that conversation with you now, it like ignites that in myself. I'm just like, okay, fine. I'm not the only person that's like that. There's other people who, you know, experience that. Also, I wanted to touch on um, the fact that you said about like, it's more, you have more to you than just your spirituality. So like you can go for a drink with friends. Like that, that was something that was, I was struggling with. Cause I was like, yes, I'm on this, like since, since 2020, yes, I've changed my whole kind of lifestyle and the way that I live it. And I'm making more conscious decisions that I know are better for my mental health, my body, my wellness, my soul. But that's not to say that like, I don't want to go to a cocktail bar with some friends once in a while, catch up and be silly and like, do you know what I mean? Oh, a hundred percent. But I was like, I was like having this like imposter syndrome where I was like, should I be doing this? Am I like a contradicting what I'm standing for? Um, but actually like hearing you say that is such a relief because that's something that I've been kind of working through at the moment. I'm just saying to like my husband, I'm like, should I like have a drink of wine? It's like, if you want to have a drink of wine and relax, like you're not going to get like absolutely plastered, but mm -hmm. you know, if you want to have a drink and have a nice time and don't feel guilt about that, you know? And I think it's that whole bracket of like, 
wellness, looking after yourself. Yes, that's fine. But as you say, balance is the most important thing. 100%. I, I actually find it quite funny sometimes because like, you know, I love like, like music or going out with my friends and like, mm. like, you know, if it's so funny because I think people form like people obviously hear that I, you know, I'm working wellness and I do spiritual practices and, and that's my job. But then sometimes I'll, someone will be surprised if I said that I had like a, a bit of a mad night out and then they're like, what, you'd go clubbing? And I'm like, yeah, I like, just because I do tarot Monday to Friday doesn't mean that I don't. Like, I'm not like sat in a cave, like with yeah, a cape like, on just like, on my weekend. It's, just, it's so funny that I think that there's this wellness, like clean girl, that girl aesthetic happening where it's almost like, yeah, some days I do want to wake up and have a smoothie and just, you know, go to yoga and be all like, drink all my water and do all my things. And then there's other days that me and my friends do want to go out and be silly and stay up all night and just have a bit of a laugh and just not take life too seriously. And both of those things are absolutely okay. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I think that, um, yeah, I think that we, I think it's a social media culture that we live in or I don't know what it is but I think that we feel like we've got to put ourselves into a box as you just said like if you want to have a glass of wine have a glass of wine if you don't want to drink don't drink if you want to get plastered do it as long as it's mm -hmm. at the end of the day as long as it's not making you sacrifice your morals integrity you know yeah within reason if you find that you get drunk and then you know make a whole load of mistakes and then hate yourself for weeks after it then obviously check that yeah but if you do if you do have a drink and then you enjoy it and then you have fun with your friends and the next day you're happy by all means why not do it yeah. I think um I think my my thing was and you probably relate to this yourself with having like um mental health um stuff going on off and on I think there was points where I was probably doing it to an unhealthy degree Mm -hmm. And I think it's just all um, a bit of a spectrum. And I think that you've just got to make sure that you're not doing it as a form of escapism and you're not doing it as a form of like self-destruction. And yeah. I've definitely done a lot of like self-destructive behaviors in the past. Mm -hmm. But that being said, I also feel in some regards, and you might disagree, I, I don't know, but I also think sometimes rejecting it completely and pretending to be something that you're not and only being that healthy clean girl aesthetic if that isn't truly who you want to be can also be damaging at the same time mm. no I, I do agree toxic with that positivity exists to a yeah. massive degree so I think I think everything in moderation yeah I 100% agree I mean when I first I kind of embarked on this healing journey through um, I met this amazing um, woman the first podcast about she's a medical herbalist and when I spoke to her I was like okay I've cut out dairy, meat, uh, sugar, alcohol, um, like everything I'd cut out. And she was, just, and I was just like, my psoriasis is like flared up. I can't, she was just like, okay, one, you are like, from you saying no to everything, you are, you know, actually damaging yourself. You know, you're, you're, you're kind of segregating yourself from your friends. And like, I'd done it for three months during that whole kind of um, lockdown period, which was really good. I felt good, I looked great, my skin was glowy. Um, but when we came out of it, I felt like I needed to continue on this really strict path. And I remember going to a friend's and they were having like a gin and tonic and I was like, no, gotta have a water. Um, and I remember like they came out and they, they had ice in their gin and tonic and then, they didn't give me ice in my water. And I was like, why didn't I get any ice? And they were like, oh, cause you're not drinking. And I was just like burst into tears. And I was just like, just cause I'm not drinking doesn't mean that I don't want ice. <laughs> and like, it was so irrational, but it was like in my head, I was just like, 
so paranoid about the fact that like I really did want a bloody drink I just wanted one drink and sit with my girls and chat after like months of being cooped up in my house and that's what Lucy said she was like you know you've cut all of these things out you aren't healing right now you know you're probably feeling better inside and you've given your gut the reboost that it probably needed but you aren't healing so it's telling me that it's not strictly your diet there's something more going on here so then she kind of prescribed me herbs and I looked at the way that I live my life in other ways, um, got therapy, et cetera. And then I started healing and I, and I still, you know, have drinks on the weekends now and then I just don't kind of do it in excess. Um, and, and that I feel so much better for that. And I, and I totally, totally agree with that. I think it's like, there's so much, I don't know if I know that you're kind of like 28 going 29 I, for me going into well, I'm 30s, well, 32, it's like once you reach a certain point, your thirties, it's almost like who's the most healthiest. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, so I've done this. And then like, yeah, I'm doing that. And I've done that. And then it's just like, and it is toxic and it shouldn't be, you know, obviously everything in excess. I've definitely binged. I whole way through uni, I binged in London. I binged, you know, I was trying to kind of, I guess, I guess quiet in my mind from telling me that I wasn't doing the right thing. So, yeah. So anyways, that's really, really good that we've kind of, you're on the same page with that because I've been kind of struggling with that and it's nice to speak to someone who, who understands. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know. And I think that I, I, yeah, I just totally understand what you mean when it feels like almost as well, when you make a statement about like, if it's, whether it's being vegan or whether it's yes. not drinking alcohol and once yes. you put yourself into that, like, I don't drink anymore kind of say you said that publicly then people kind of hold you to it in a weird way absolutely and I think that yeah I I it's like you're in the firing line it's like so if you say you're a vegetarian say you have or like a vegan and then say you've got some cheese and a pizza so I was like hey I thought you were you're a vegan it's like okay but actually like it doesn't matter really because like if you're a vegan six days of the week and you have a bit of cheese on your pizza on a Saturday or whatever then yeah. that's that's fine but it's I, I I get that it's like people are always as soon as you label yourself as something they just want to kind of like tear it down um and I've felt that on numerous occasions oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely <too. laughs> um, I know we've spoken kind of like about your tarot and Reiki um I wanted to kind of find out more about Reiki itself so I mean I, when I was 15, um, I find anything like exams, anything with pressure, I find a little bit hard. So exams, GCSEs found really hard. Um, my driving test failed it like five times, had to get like hypnotherapy to pass it. And I still <laughs> cried on the day. So anyways, um, GCSEs really stressed, really pent up. And I had like IBS at that time as well. So it was manifesting my gut. Um, and my mom was like, right, we're going to get you some Reiki. And I remember it was in my mum's bedroom. So women did some Reiki healing. And then for the next week, I just cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. And I was like 15. So I really didn't understand this. And I was just like, what has just happened? Like, why am I just crying so much? So I have never kind of looked into it after that. And that's not because I didn't want to. But when I was so young, I was just like, I'm not doing that again. I just want to be get on with my stuff. So like, how, how does Reiki work? Um, can you describe the process for us? Um, yeah, and how do you do it? Yeah, so Reiki is a Japanese practice, which actually turn, if you take the word itself, changes into universal life force energy, which is basically the best way to describe that is 
if you think of everything has a soul, if you think about like plants, if you think about the earth itself, like everything is constantly growing and flux and movement, that is like energy. And we believe, well, we all have an energy field, which you'll have heard of being the aura and also a chakra system, which is energy centers within our body. So the belief of Reiki uh, and as a practice is that the best way to describe it would be if you visualize the body like a vessel of water or like a stream that's kind of running. And within that stream, an ideal situation would be that the water would just continuously flow and move. But when we go through different situations like heartbreak and trauma um, different upsets, you know, blocks and things that we have just as life challenges us, basically it's almost like little rocks or pebbles in that stream so if you think about that over years and years and years then rocks will grow and grow and grow and then suddenly the water won't move anymore so you have like areas of what we call like stagnant energy Mm. and what Reiki is basically doing is saying to your body you've been holding on to this energy for so long now we're going to pull that out and we're basically going to disperse the energy so that it can flow so I guess a way that's how I would describe it. another way to describe it would be like walking down the street with like a backpack filled with like heavy rocks on your back and they represent all of the kind of things that you've been through and Reiki is basically saying why are you carrying this like let's just pull that out mm. and through cleansing the energy system through rebalancing the, the energy field we then have health and I think on a mental health level what I found with Reiki is when you're in getting a Reiki session, you you drop into a very, very deep state of meditation. You're in a really relaxed state, which you might remember yourself from doing it. Mm-hmm. So while you're in that state, your mind is kind of switched off. You're not thinking so much. Your body, your cells can begin to kind of regenerate and they can begin to heal from the inside out. So um, from I'm kind of studying holistic trauma at the moment, uh, holistic trauma recovery, that kind of thing. And I'm by no means an expert. It's just I'm very new into the course and stuff. But, you know, often our body, especially if we've been in difficult situations, we often live in fight or flight mode. We're all very consumed by like our screens and by stress and stuff. So our body is actually in a very kind of pent up state. So what Reiki is doing is allowing you to get to a point of relaxation where your body can actually breathe and start to heal properly. Mm. So it's a form of relaxation. It's a form of healing. It's a form of rebalancing. For me, I found it through, very randomly found it. It was kind of a mad situation. I was in London and I was in a cafe and I kind of, I always kind of get I kind of chat to strangers like I always find that weird like not weird situations but people tend to talk to me or I tend to talk to people like I've had lots of like random conversations with people it just seems to happen <laughs> but this lady was talking to me in a cafe and we seemed to gel really well and we were just kind of chatting away we were sitting next to each other while we were working and she was like oh I do Reiki and I had never really heard of it before but she was like do you want to come to my house and get some Reiki and I was like yeah okay I'd heard of energy healing and crystal healing and I'd done was that, that, the, stuff. that day she wanted to take you like there and then to do it we met a couple of days later and oh, she okay, was like nice. oh do you want to come down and I was like yeah okay cool so I'd heard of energy healing I'd done crystal healing I'd done hypnosis and stuff but I'd never really heard of like I never tried Reiki itself so anyway I felt quite embarrassed because she basically put her hands on my lower belly at my womb and I was like you I was just crying and I was in this like random person's house in their living room just bawling and I felt so like 
I don't know what the word is just drained and tired and just mm. like what the hell was that and yeah um yeah so I kind of after that I was kind of was a bit like you and I was like god I don't want to go through that again I don't want to be crying like that again so I kind of yeah I just kind of was like well that was a weird situation I kind of put it out of my head yeah. and then I kept finding myself being drawn to it I am um, my partner has Crohn's disease oh wow so um I initially had been saying to him you should go to Reiki and like we'd had these conversations and I'd always found myself you know when I started getting really drawn into meditation and feeling my energy change it was something that I just felt a real like I need to do this like it, it makes sense to me and then when I did my training and stuff it just something just clicked with it and I just was like oh this can really help people and I have seen like for me anyway like getting Reiki I had um bulimia for quite a good few years wow and Reiki is the only thing I went to therapy I went to to loads of different types of healing and Reiki is the only thing that has actually allowed me to release since I've been wow. doing Reiki I haven't had any thoughts of that and I think there was a point in my life where I thought I'm never going to get rid of this, but I'm just going to have to live with it and kind of like mm. always be saying to myself, like, you don't have to go to the bathroom. You don't have to go to the bathroom. Like I thought that was going to be my life. But then when I've, since I had Reiki so extensively, I got to a point where it genuinely doesn't cross my mind anymore. And that to me is amazing. Mad. Yeah. That to what? me is crazy. It's like, crazy. How, exten and how extensively like did you have Reiki? Was it like, I mean, how many sessions, if you can even like put it in that sort of, you know, a number, but I mean. So it's hard to, it's, to be honest with you in, in this regard, I'm going to be honest. It's, yeah. it's hard to say exactly because at that yeah. time I was probably doing yoga at least five times a week. I was meditating yeah. every day. Mm -hmm. I was doing Reiki, um, say once a month I was doing sound baths I, like I was going hard on the kind of all of that stuff I was carrying crystals on me constantly yeah so it's very hard to say exactly what it was and it's probably a big combination, combination. of all of these yeah. things yeah but from doing Reiki because I do Reiki most days on people as like in my um, at-home studio I would say that I think as I'm doing it and I do it on myself every day, the thoughts have never came back. Mm, that is just so, so fascinating. And I see a lot of healing experiences with people who come uh, and they've maybe had, you know, depression, anxieties, and that's been lifted. Um, people who have unfortunately been, you know, in domestic abuse situations who have had real like transformations and I'm not putting it all down to Reiki, mm. but I think it's a huge, there's a huge, um, benefit in being able to just take off the weight of the day and just completely surrender to your mind to your body and just relax I think there's a lot of benefit in purely that as well I mean yeah it's just I'm honestly it's like blowing my mind I'm just all I want to do now is like go and have some Reiki <laughs> yeah um, it's funny because I think when I was doing my training I'm quite I'm quite cautious of what I say when I was doing my training I'm actually going down to London in a couple of weeks to do my teacher training actually but um when I was doing my one and two training, they did say, you know, it can help with, you know, uh, cancer and managing pain and all those kind of things. And I've always been really, really cautious not to ever talk about that on my website and stuff, because I just feel like that's a huge weight to carry. Yeah, yeah it's, I it's agree. It's a big word and stuff. And I, and I don't know 100% myself what I think on it, to be honest. But I do think there's something to be said for the fact that 
I don't I don't know what I believe about the cancer thing but I think it gives your body as I said the space to heal itself in a way that's like just just from a relaxation point of view Mm -hmm. and I think that's with fertility and stuff like women come to me with issues with fertility and I would never say that like oh one Reiki session with me and you're gonna you know definitely have a child but I do think that you're just making somebody safe within their body it's like coming home to yourself embodying your 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 full essence of your being almost and kind of the pieces of the puzzle that have maybe been scattered are all kind of coming back together Mm. so I think it's just a very it's just a very beautiful practice it's a very gentle practice anyone can learn it anyone can practice it and you know from like physical illness to mental health issues to grief just even for purely for a little bit of like self-love and nurture it's just a really nice practice and I yeah I love it and I couldn't recommend it enough and I'm sorry that you had that experience of crying but I think I would have said that was a release and I think if you do it again then hopefully it won't be like that again I, I think to be honest now I just I just want to go and try it I, I've, I've done like energy medicine but I haven't kind of looked back at Reiki since I was 15 so definitely will be after this um so I mean to kind of finish up on I thought we could um could you potentially pull a tarot card for any of the listeners out there who are feeling a little bit lost maybe they're in a situation where you and I were when we were in London we were maybe living a life that actually we knew deep down wasn't authentic to who we actually want to be um but you were too scared to make a decision on that so if we could kind of pull a tarot on that and you can give the audience um that tarot card that would be amazing perfect okay so i'm going to start by giving you guys a little bit of a meditation very gentle just to kind of connect before i pull a tarot card so we're all in the right headspace if we could take say three really nice deep breaths and breathe all the way into your lower belly. And I'm just going to begin shuffling the cards, as you might be able to hear, actually. And as you're taking your deep breaths, begin to feel into what's going on in your life and any guidance that you might need and any messages that you kind of want to, you'd love to hear today or love some support with. Oh, lovely. Some cards fell out. So I'm just going to read these cards. The first card was the star. And the star is actually one of the most beautiful cards I think that could possibly have fallen out at that point there. The star is a card which represents a deep healing and the the calm after the storm. So the star is really saying that you're being guided and protected. And I think the beauty of the card itself is that it comes with such a feminine energy, that feminine nurture and that love. And it's almost like the North Star kind of giving you guidance and showing you that if you can trust the process, if you can follow your heart, listen to your intuition, everything will always be okay. So the message from the star is that today it brings blessings, it brings support, and it's saying that everything is going to be okay, so keep on going. The next card that fell out was the two, the two of wands. The two of wands is beautiful in the sense that it carries energy of travel, looking outside of the comfort zone, allowing yourself to grow. 
And I love this card in particular because it's kind of asking you to follow your passion and to live a little bit more in the adventurous, free-spirited energy. So with the two, it's not about, you know, quitting your job and moving abroad in a, on a whim. But instead it's saying, why don't you map out in six months, where do I want to be? In a year, where do I want to be? And how can you kind of make sure that you're doing that for you? So you're not living under what someone else wants you to be. You're actually living very much aligned to who you want to become. And I think that by, instead of seeing it like this big mountain that you've got to climb, by creating like a month by month strategy of how you'd get there, it makes it so much more accessible. And the two would say, there's so much excitement beyond the comfort zone. Feel the fear and do it anyway. And don't be afraid to take risks because it's better to take risks than to hold yourself stagnant and wish that you'd made a change. So nice energy there. And then the final card that comes in is the Ace of Cups. And the Ace of Cups is a card of new beginnings, romance, and a heart that's really happy and a, an emotion that's balanced. So the Ace of Cups would say to us that there could be a, if you're single, there could be a new romance coming into your life. And if you're in a relationship, there could be a really nice kind of rekindling of the intimacy, the emotional depth in your relationship. So we see this as you feeling emotionally satisfied, content, and really happy with the relationships and the people that you have in your life. And with looking at all the cards that we've got today, the star is saying, trust the process, everything's gonna be okay. The two is saying, follow your heart and don't be afraid to leave the comfort zone. And then the Ace of Cups is saying, cultivate relationships which make you feel full and that will be such a blessing into your life as well. Oh, that was awesome. Thank you so much, Jade. It's been, honestly, I felt, I, I just looked at the time and I was like, oh my God, that's gone so fast. Um, I know, I know. I'm so glad we chatted today. Uh, I feel like I've known you for ages. <laughs> yeah, me too. I know. Thank you so much for having me on. And I, No problem. Yeah. Um, okay, well, brilliant. Take care and have a lovely day. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye. I found speaking with Jade so interesting and have been really excited to share this episode with you guys. Jade illustrates so clearly how spirituality and tarot provided her with solace during her lowest points when she couldn't afford therapy or see an alternative way out. Through working a job that on paper was perceived as cool and successful and suppressing her natural talents ultimately led Jade to a crisis point. If I could use a word to describe this episode, it would be acceptance. Our lives are never going to be linear, and whether we like it or not, there are always going to be bumps in the road and flaws in how we react or feel about situations. As people, we have so many layers, and trying to pigeonhole or label ourselves is ultimately leading to suppression and will always end up rearing its ugly head. What if we start accepting all of the layers of who we are, were, or will be, and knowing that we were born into this world okay until society told us that we weren't? This has been such a special conversation to share, 
and I really, really hope you've enjoyed listening. If you'd like to find out more about Jade, head to her Instagram page at Jade Mordente or go to her website, jademordente.com. Please hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes and it would be so appreciated if you gave the podcast a review. For socials, please follow at Moody Girl Official for all updates along with our website, moody-girl.co.uk. See you next time.